Now to him who has loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and has made us kings and priests to his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. The word of God for our meditation this morning comes from Matthew chapter 13, verses 44 through 52. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and hid. And for a joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls, who, when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a dragnet that was cast into the sea and gathered some of every kind which, when it was full, they drew it ashore, and they sat down and gathered the good into vessels, but threw the bad away. So it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come forth, separate the wicked from among the just, and cast them into the furnace of fire. There will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Jesus said to them, Have you understood all these things? They said to him, Yes, Lord. Then he said to them, Therefore, every scribe instructed concerning the kingdom of heaven is like a householder who brings out of his treasure things new and old. So far, God's holy word. In the name of Christ, who is our priceless treasure, dear fellow redeemed, I want to take you back in time for a moment, 175 years to be exact. The year is 1848, and a man named James Wilson Marshall was building a water mill when he discovered flakes of gold on the banks of the American River. What followed is considered one of the most significant events of the 19th century. Thousands of prospective miners traveled west, and by its peak in 1852, the California Gold Rush had uncovered 750,000 pounds of gold worth approximately $2 billion. Given what you know now, would you take the opportunity to go back in time before the gold rush and find your fortune? Would you forsake the life that you've built here for the opportunity to be a part of history and to make millions? Sounds tempting, doesn't it? You already know where the gold is, you know how to effectively mine for it, the odds are ever in your favor. But there's a catch. Rampant banditry, excessive gambling, alcoholism, prostitution, all-out violence infected the gold rush frontier. Miners would become territorial and use excessive force to protect their claim. And the worst part of it all, most of those who went out there to seek their fortune found nothing. Doesn't sound as tempting anymore, does it? Maybe you would not want to risk everything that you've already built to chase after an unknown treasure. But there is another treasure that is worth risking everything for. That treasure is the gospel. This treasure is described by Jesus in our text as a kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is a fulfillment of God's promise to send Jesus, the Son of God, into the world to save the world. 
The kingdom of heaven is Jesus. It is salvation. And this treasure is worth forsaking all else to obtain. It is the only treasure that is worth having. And it is this treasure that separates the good from the bad. Jesus Jesus uses three different parables to illustrate three different aspects of the kingdom of heaven. The first is the treasure buried in a field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and hid. And for joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. One common theme in Jesus' parables is he often uses examples that seem absurd. Who in their right mind would sell everything that they have to buy an unknown treasure in a field? It doesn't make sense to those who don't understand the value of this treasure. To the world, this treasure is worthless. They spite the Savior and they reject the forgiveness that he offers. They would rather pursue the treasures of this world and hold on to these treasures at the expense of eternal life. This temptation is before us as well. It is easy to pass by the gospel, to put it in the back seat, and to pursue after the treasures that this world offers. God's expectations are high, after all. No other gods besides him. Love the Lord and serve only him, not yourself. Pray without ceasing. And it goes on and on and on. Our sinful flesh desires to veer us away from the treasure of the gospel and to pursue the path that rejects God and his will for us. It is solely by God's grace that he gives us his gospel freely, that we receive the forgiveness for the times that our priorities are misplaced, and that he gives us a will to forsake the world and its pleasures and to pursue God's will. Now this parable is not an instruction on how we are to be saved. It is not up to us to find the gospel and to pay for it. That has been taken care of already. Rather, it is about how important this treasure is, that we want to let everything else go, to trust only in God, and to receive the treasure that is worth more than anything that the world can give, namely eternal life. And this is not to say that we need to give away all our possessions, in order to be part of the kingdom of heaven. Rather, it is to not let those treasures of this world cloud our vision from seeing the one thing needful, our Savior, from sin. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls, who, when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. At its surface, this parable seems to be saying the same thing that the previous parable said. However, in this parable, Jesus emphasizes the superiority of the kingdom of heaven. In this parable, the merchant is already seeking out beautiful pearls. And these pearls can be anything that benefit one's life. Good morals, 
seeking good opportunities in life, taking care of yourself and others, seeking a church that teaches the word of God and its truth. All these are good goals to have in life, and yet there is one that rises above them all. That pearl is priceless. And Jesus is that pearl because he offers to you a life-changing transformation. He took you from being lost to sin to being a child of God, one who bathes in the light of God's goodness and mercy. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 3.18 about an even greater transformation that comes from this great pearl. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. This is why the pearl of the kingdom of heaven is far superior to any other pearl that can be found in this world. Perfect glory already belongs to you through the forgiveness given through Jesus. Like the treasure that is buried in the field, this treasure too is worth forsaking all to receive. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a dragnet that was cast into the sea and gathered some of every kind, which when it was full, they drew to shore and they sat down and gathered the good into vessels, but threw the bad away. So it will be at the end of the age the angels will come forth, separate the wicked from among the just, and cast them into the furnace of fire. There will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Jesus said to them, Have you understood all these things? They said to him, Yes, Lord. Jesus already provides us with an explanation to his third parable. The good news of Christ crucified is sent out into the whole world. Its message of peace and forgiveness brings in all people from all different walks of life. And you, as a member of the Holy Christian Church, are part of that dragnet that gets cast out. You have a mission from the Lord to spread the gospel to every corner and to draw whomever the Lord wills to himself. It is not your job nor mine to divide the good from the bad, the hypocrite from the true Christian. That is the Lord's responsibility. You have the wonderful privilege of sharing the message of salvation to anyone and everyone who will listen. This gospel truly is a priceless treasure. To be the man who finds a treasure in the field means to recognize God is your all in all. And nothing is more important than salvation through faith alone in Jesus Christ. To be the merchant who obtains a pearl of great price is to recognize the gospel as the most important treasure. It is the one thing needful, and its value, though it may not seem like it now, is worth more than all the gold in the world. It is worth everything because it brings you eternal life. 
I asked you at the beginning of the sermon if you would be willing to give up everything you have right now in order to go back time and be part of the gold rush before it happens. I don't know about you, but simply living in the 1800s doesn't seem too appealing when you have all the modern conveniences that we enjoy today. Especially for a treasure that you might not ever find. The gospel, on the other hand, the good news that Jesus Christ is taking your sins away through his death and resurrection is a treasure worth more than gold. This treasure gives you freedom from sin, peace with God, and the assurance of everlasting life as a blessed child of God. And that sounds like a treasure worth forsaking everything for. In this, help us, Lord Jesus. Amen.